Welcome to the Dino Pod. It's <laughs> <was> fucking weak. <laughs> Welcome to the Dino Pod. <laughs> it's very sad. This. Welcome to the Dino Pod. Welcome to the Dino Pod. Welcome. I'm not saying shit. Jake's, I'm just lucky to be here. Just <laughs> <laughs> here so I don't get fired. Oh God. Just here so I don't get fined. No comment. <laughs> How many hours do I flag for a podcast? Point <laughs> <laughs> five. Holy Efficient. Shit. I only did it five minutes. Flat rated that podcast. <laughs> here for the full thirty, only contribute for five minutes. Call it a day. <laughs> What's everybody been doing? I've been writing so many estimates, taking so many deposits. Isn't that a good thing? It's a great <laughs> thing. Parts availability sucks right now, man. Oh shit, that's true. Like every like you can't get a, a Cobb J pipe to save your life. They're no, April. They, they pushed it how we many times now? Yeah. yeah, we need. Well, to I mean, uh, at this point, we need to start making our own parts for everything because. For fuck's sake! Nobody makes an external wastegate up pipe anymore. That's quality. That's quality. All the ones that are garbage. It was like China stuff. But yeah. Why is American-made stuff slowing down? Because it's not made in America. <laughs> that, oh man, that might be some secret right there. Yeah. Everybody that's slow is not really made in America. Duh. Everybody that doesn't have anything right now. <laughs> they got figured out. Yeah. Assembled in America. Dude, yeah. right. of course. I think it's that. It's materials slow down. Mm-hmm. It's subcontractors slow down. Remember the headers that we got? Yeah, how many months did those take to get made? We ordered those headers in August. Yeah, and we installed them in December. And it's not like they're special. We're talking, you know, C seven Corvette. Yeah, it's not. They they had a weird flange type, right? OE flange. Like that's yeah. That was all that was special. Designed in California, made in China. Yeah, it's like my iPhone. (laughs) Yeah. So that's been rough, because, like, I'm taking deposits for stuff that we're not going to be working on until March or April. That is a hell of a schedule. Well, and it's hard, too. you got to yeah. manage expectations, but you also got to manage their desire to get the car done, which can lead to cheaping out on parts really quickly. Yeah. And it's not something, like... You can pay extra to overnight something so you're not waiting a week to get it. There's no extra money you can pay to get it faster. It's just, it's, un, it's not available. And like, so we're finding solutions where we're having to make our own up pipes for cars because they're not available. Well, Tim, like Mr. Jones. Like Kevin Costner always said, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah, so meanwhile, you're in your field of dreams back there. Yeah. Jeez. Building jig after jig. He's getting jiggy with it. He is. Pretty soon they're going to call me Mr. Jigglesworth. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Change your name already. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jig. Dr. Jig. Dr. Jig. Damn. Not a Subaru expert. <laughs> Start calling this guy the Subaru expert. Tyler? Yeah. Well, he, he is be the Subaru yeah, expert he, here. He can be the Subaru expert. He loves them. Taylor so hates much. it, so I labeled him. It. <laughs> it's like, stop calling me that. Tyler started labeling all his drinks in this toolbox. I'm going to put your nickname on your car. Like clutch Master. Clutch Master. <laughs> Damn, if a clutch comes through here, Tyler's doing it. You got right. one on Friday, by the way. 
How fast do you knock out that last one? I don't know. A five speeds are way easier. This is true. Speed. Six speeds are kind of scary. They're heavy. So, so you, you mean STI six speeds? Yeah. Yeah. The, the real oh. one. The real one. Yeah. Because yeah. the one you want. FAs don't count. FAs don't count. <laughs> <laughs> a little. Careful. You're going to offend people. No, speaking of clutches, so I just checked in that uh, Impreza mm -hmm. for a inspection before he sells it. And as I backed out of the parking space, my foot slipped off the clutch. But the happened. car didn't stall. Yeah. <laughs> and the car didn't really move. <laughs> so I got it out of the space and dropped it in first gear. And I was like, all right, you know, the old clutch test, like, let the clutch out, car barely moves. Second gear, let the clutch out, car barely moves. I'm like, you can sell it, but they might not drive away. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, Jake, when you inspect that one tomorrow, the clutch is already gone. <laughs> Like, I could barely, <laughs> barely back up into the parking spot. Pretty sure the inspection will go pretty quickly. Yeah, it should be smooth. Like, I kind of had a bad experience with that uh, ride-along I did earlier this week. Oh? I, I uh, tried to teach the customer, I guess I was teaching, uh, how to brake boost. <laughs> We're trying to make the clutch slip. Yeah. And, and we couldn't get it to happen, so I'm like, hey, put your foot on the brake and the gas. He's like, that's confusing. And then he tries it, and we come to a stop Did on the freeway. <laughs> Car turns off. And I'm like, okay, we're going to die. Okay. And then we finally. You're like, no, no, no. Oh, lightly. Yeah. Lightly press the brake. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, that's the car you're doing a clutch in on Friday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when it's like your first time left foot braking. Yeah, oh, yeah. Through the windshield. That happened to me once when I got, like, I borrowed my, one of my parents' cars, which are automatics. Fucking pull out, <laughs> about to go somewhere, fucking getting on the gas, and my left foot's like, fucking break! <laughs> oh, shit. Nope. Yep, there's not a pedal there, so. Yeah, I yep. thought we were getting rear-ended for sure. Yeah. Dude, that's scary. terrifying. It's like, hey, I'm not going to teach a customer anything ever again. Yeah, <laughs> closed course only. Yeah, yeah, closed course only for sure. And you, Taylor, you've been doing nothing but pre-tune, checkout after checkout. Like I don't know if I've. I think I've done one pre-tune inspection in the past two weeks where the car was ready and did not need a single thing. What are the things? Let me guess. See? It was new. It was newer. It was. Yeah. It was practically brand new. Yeah. Actually, I had the, the pre-tune inspection was done in 15 minutes. And, like, mm -hmm. some of them take an hour. Um, Pre-failure. I've been finding a lot of boost leaks and a lot of incorrect spark plugs, worn-out spark plugs, uh, not gapped correctly spark plugs, um, no oil on the dipstick. <laughs> Old oil on the dipstick. Dino ready. Just like I don't, I don't understand. Like people are bringing in cars for performance enhancements, yet they've failed the, you know, maintenance part of, you know, the basic maintenance for your stock car is like get the oil changed and have it serviced regularly and, you know, maintain or replace or fix the parts that break. But it's like with the things that I'm seeing coming in is that these things have been like basically ignored yeah and, and nothing we're, done about i think i think we're also seeing a lot of multi-owner older generation cars like we've seen a lot of gd chassis cars come through 
Those goddamn and, cars. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're old. You have to understand that all of those cars are 15 plus years old. Absolutely. Now. Eleven owners later. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they've all had multiple owners, and at least one of those owners in its past has neglected its service history. At least one of them. And then you have this domino effect of things that need to be addressed before the car can be tuned. And sometimes the car is here for a tune when that's not what it actually needs. Like the, you know, there's other things that no, need to be addressed. That's exactly what it's been lately too. And you got these cars there, like you said, five or six owners deep, and it's, you know, Honda people don't hate me, but a Subaru is the new Honda, <laughs> and the Honda has actually attained a proper status now, and they come in with a bunch of different mods that they got from a bunch of different places and a bunch of different promises they got about these parts and like Taylor said they're just neglecting the basic stuff you know yeah your car's 20 years old it's going to need coil packs it's going to need mm-hmm. you know fresh plugs what's your service history yeah your car is 160,000 miles on it is this actually a good idea yeah <laughs> dino ready dino ready is like <laughs> it's not a it has not been a thing lately <clears throat> I think Boost leaks are the biggest problem that people mm-hmm. neglect. Dude, and it's crazy because they're like boost leaks that people had no idea. There was no symptom or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no, you know, check engine light, you know, to, you know, inform them that they have a problem. You know, it's just they're slowly killing their turbochargers and don't realize it. Yeah. <laughs> Most people can't test for that, though. They don't have a smoke machine or. Well. Every shop should have at least oh, a um, smoke yeah. machine. <laughs> <laughs> What's Sorry. so funny? Can't Sorry. laugh at no, inside dude. jokes. Huh? No, dude. <laughs> Are you saying most shops don't? Yeah, most shops don't. Why do you think I well, own I one? I probably wouldn't call them a shop then. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, but that's just us calling out like the... I don't know. Call them what you want. The fake shops. You know, that are... The shit shops promising people things that just don't pan out in reality, or even the part sellers online that are putting these dreams in people's heads that don't pan out in reality. Well, that's because they don't have to stand behind any guarantee. All they are is pushing and moving a part. They're mm-hmm. they're not the manufacturer of the part. They they can say anything they want to sell it, and it doesn't matter because they don't have to, you know back yeah. up yeah. with results you know or or parts uh, people that are slinging parts you know offering terrible combinations and packages that don't belong together and like people slapping them on and oh man and the quality of all the parts these days is you know there's only a few companies that make quality parts that I actually don't mind installing. I would agree with that. There are even, you know, brands that make quality parts that have made a part that we've like, this is garbage. And oh, yeah. not chose to install it. Yep. Type of thing. Like Can we name names or no? <laughs> I think there's a specific turbo inlet that we're all thinking of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I was <laughs> thinking like a brand that's just annoys the hell out of me. Sorry, the P. Yeah. That wouldn't. <laughs> but even said brand has a few things that are good. Yep. The only thing that they have is good is better than the other company that makes one. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a lot of them out there, but there's one yeah. really good one that's been really good for a lot of years. And it's like... Nobody's, it's, nobody's made a better one. It's our gold standard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I think that's something that people are missing right there. Like you said, yeah. the people that are slinging parts don't have to stand behind it, and well, they, they don't care if somebody clicks on brand X or brand Y turbo inlet, they sold a turbo inlet. Yeah, they also mm-hmm. aren't installing them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Meanwhile, if you come to a professional shop and you know get the advice and or request X package, you're gonna get hand picked parts with proven results and backing. Yeah, that's the difference. And then you know, like we genuinely get excited when we're installing a part that we've never installed before because it allows us to. Like gauge its quality. Oh yeah. And there's times we're like, this is cool. This is a good fitting part. We should yeah. sell more of these. Yeah. And there's been parts where like we should never install one of these ever again. Like this is <laughs> this is the one car it's going. Those, those are typically the customer yeah. supplied parts. Yeah. They are times. We we try not to stray away from our stuff that we know that works well. Like when people want to buy a header, we're like, yeah, you've got two really good options. You're getting mm-hmm. Killer B or you're getting Map. Mm-hmm. You know, like those are the two really good ones out there. Two bolt-on good ones. Yeah, There's Some right. fabricated ones that are really good. You know, Full Race sure. mm-hmm. has a pretty standard line across the board for a lot of makes and models that yep. they're, all their stuff's really high quality. It is. And then, yeah. you know, you can go crazy. Yeah, if you want a low front mount turbo on an STI, yeah, yeah you're looking at like Bean Fab and, mm-hmm. you know, some other big names. But for the majority of our customers... We yeah. know what parts to get, mm-hmm. and it's not usually the stuff that they bring us because they saw Tomai, and Tomai has a fantastic name in some things. In Japan. From 10 years ago. No, hold on. <laughs> Tomai Japan and North America are two different they are. things. Yep, mm-hmm, they are. It's sad. Because <laughs> so you see it in your chassis, too. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, no, the, the Tomai stuff that's actually JDM mm-hmm. is legit. Yeah. I've seen it, I've installed it, it's badass. But, like, like the different parts we get for Subarus or whatever, like you're, you look at it and you're like, dude, this is complete trash. Yeah. Like, I think it's the BRZ. They only make an unequal length header and offer it in North America. Mm-hmm. I think. What have you been up to? A lot of random stuff. <laughs> it has been random for you, hasn't it? It just keeps bouncing from one end to the other. The six-speed's entertaining. Rebuilding the, the six-speed? Yeah, the, the STI six-speed. Second gear, some synchros and bearings. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. I think in one day you went from, like, headers and undercar stuff to slamming a transfer case in an escalade and then and then back to putting jdm heads together yeah <laughs> yeah lashing with jdm heads. <laughs> you've been all over the place good practice though yeah you indeed, indeed. So you could... there hasn't been a lack of things to do there's there's almost too much to do indeed yeah there's a lot going on right now i've been breaking cars apparently just left and right like the transfer case yeah, that was yeah. funny. You want to tune on your Escalade that's got 160k on it. Something's gonna break. In this case, it was the transfer case. Made too much power, man. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Something was making a noise, and then it made a different noise. Also stopped. That, that's one of those cases of the the rabbit hole that can happen when you have an older car and something starts breaking. 
is you're like, oh, I can use this as an opportunity to, to upgrade my car. Yeah. So you put on a set of headers. Next thing you know, you need to tune to run your headers. Next thing you know, your transfer case is broken. Yeah. And it's just like it. Oh, yeah. It goes down the line. Like, that's a inherent risk of modifying your car. And why there's sometimes when customers like, I want to do this to my car that has 160,000 miles on it. And we go, no. Pump, pump the brakes there. <laughs> cars, cars actually suck. <laughs> like blow your motor up your head's junk turbo's junk all your oiling system all your lines are junk so it's like one yeah, thing goes yeah. wrong everything's garbage yeah. thus the maintenance <laughs> yeah they just suck routine maintenance do it <laughs> yeah. it's more fun to buy a fancy part than a valve cover gasket <laughs> and it's not just about you know getting the oil change or having your air filter you know, changed. It's about like catching a small seep or or a, mm-hmm. a small leak before it turns into all my oil dumped on the ground, and now I have a rod knock. Right. You know. You I mean, when I've worked at other shops, there was multiple Subarus that came through that they were driving, and it was fine, and all of a sudden, just died. Well, that's kind of how they go, is they're fine right up until they're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the, these cars were impressively bad. Yeah. Like, I can, you know, I can only imagine. <laughs> one of them, I remember, I rolled it in, you know, came in on, on the hook, pushed it in, started poking around at it. I see some oil kind of on the top of the block, and I kind of glance under the alternator. And yeah, gaping hole. Big old window. <laughs> Big old window. We rarely see windows come through the shop. All of our, I think I still have a video of actually starting that one. Nice. Tons of Ringland failures. <laughs> that FA in your window windowed it. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good window. Oh, damn. I think Taylor might have a shard of that still. Mm-hmm. The piece. That was a proud moment. How did it, uh, what, what caused it to blow? Just drained its oil? The FA? That yeah, one? Yeah. No, they, they have a, a tendency to break rods if you get really aggressive with the low-speed torque. Because oh. they can make so much torque so quickly, so mm-hmm. low, that if you're not careful with how you ramp that up, mm-hmm. they will break a fucking rod so quickly. Mm-hmm. It was a modified one. Yeah, and it, was oh. on, it was on somebody's off-the-shelf tune yeah. from somewhere else and... Yeah, it's invariably yeah. that's what happened. It, it's uh, cumulative, and they finally overtorqued it. Snap! There it went. Yeah, <laughs> it's super easy to do down low on those. You got to be careful with the dyno too. Like how you load it up. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, they make some torque. Holy shit, they make torque. Good daily driver. If it had a real transmission. Yeah, they're fun when you put the STS six speed behind it. Mm-hmm. I think their zero to sixty time is like really close to an STI. If the new defender exits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe it. They're quicker, not faster. Mm-hmm. Which is actually. You know what's quicker and fun. faster? Mm-hmm. Nine eleven turbo. Yeah, there's also a big like price difference. Not really. Not from an STI. Yeah, there is. How <laughs> 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 there is it? I bought my nine eleven turbo turbo for forty thousand dollars. How old it's was it? About what a brand new STI costs. It's a oh one. Like how old was it when you bought it? Uh, I bought what year did I buy that thing? 
2014. Yeah, 13 or 14. 14, I think. Like so more than 10 years. Yeah. It had, didn't even have, have like, what, 60K on or something? Yeah. Well, still, though, you're talking about brand new STI, yeah. a 10 plus year old Porsche. Uh, Porsche. Uh, <laughs> we all did. <laughs> I, I said Porsche. You <laughs> a Porsche <laughs> It's like that episode of Friends in here. <laughs> I don't know. That, that does seem like a, a pretty vast uh, gap. I generally don't uh, cross shop old cars versus new cars. Oh, I definitely do. I, I do not. <laughs> Eh, sometimes it's fair. I can see, especially when there's like a five plus year age gap. Typically, yeah. for me, car shopping is is a a budget thing. You know, like there's twenty thousand dollar cars that are maybe a year old, and then there's twenty thousand dollar cars that are twenty years old. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the difference too. You can, like, I went to the bank and I was like, "Hey, I want to finance this car that's a two thousand one and they're like, Whoa, that's a little old and I'm like, But it's a Porsche and then suddenly it was no problem. Literally not an issue. <laughs> yeah. Not a fucking no. eye was batted. Of and course. it was like, Cool, here you go. <laughs> they it didn't matter. Yeah. So, you know. The value, of course. Yeah. You think they'll finance my Subaru with two hundred K on it? <laughs> no, but they will with Porsche. <laughs> they will. I swear it they will. What what about an S fifteen? No. Probably not. I don't think you can you can get unconventional oh, financing yeah. for JDM cars. It's called Lightstream. If you invested in GME last week, you could probably afford it. Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't call that an investment. <laughs> no, that was trading. <laughs> no, that was gambling. It was yeah. fun. That was gambling. It was fun. <laughs> I, I, I do still want to bump over to uh, uh, Canada and see if I can find an S15 before they get... Re- Ridiculously priced. Do it. It's too late. <laughs> Shut up. Too bad they locked us out. Yeah. That's right. You're not going there. That's true. They were smart. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna have to window shop from the internet. Yep. Yeah. I know. I've only got like ten years left to wait on a Lavorg. Like import one. Damn, son. <laughs> Dang. He's. Things he are getting serious. <laughs> he did the math. He's the most committed to the brand. <laughs> I mean, I give it Buy to you. and weld it onto yours. <laughs> Stick your STI in it. I could. Yeah, why haven't we done that? Seems like a lot. <laughs> I would need uh, a car to drive for the several months that it took to complete that. We got loaners. <laughs> <laughs> no. Time to put a clutch in the legacy. <laughs> Damn. Yep. Time to put the STI in the legacy. Legacy's fine how it is. Ooh, what's that other uh, Justin's little old weird car? Oh, SVX? Yeah, you can drive that. <laughs> I'd daily the fuck out of an SVX. I'm definitely weird enough to be an SVX driver. Is it as difficult as it looks to, to go through a drive-thru in one of those? What, an SVX yeah. with the bubble window? Yeah. Mind you, the only time I've ever driven one or been in one is when it was, oh, on, it was on the, the dyno. dyno. Yeah. It's still it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird, especially if it's low, like on coilovers or some shit, because yeah. then you have the, the fucking half window. <laughs> Sunroof. Yeah. yeah. One. That's so strange. Yeah. Like, you know, the drive-thrus these days, like modern drive-thrus are built for SUVs, like every single one of them. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I roll up in my STI, and I'm like, 
I just want my chicken nuggets. <laughs> trying to claw out there. Even the little rain guard gets in the way. <laughs> OEM rain guards. I can't imagine with the fucking SVX half bubble. Right. Dude, it is funny. Uh, my neighbor bought a Subaru Sandbar. Oh, oh nice. yeah, those are sick. Yeah, weird ass little. The, not not terrible. Yeah, I, yeah. I told him to bring it by sometime, but um. Your neighbor is always doing dumb shit. Dude, don't even. Get started. <laughs> don't even give me started. <laughs> I'm probably gonna have to go uh, set timing on a car in their garage tonight. <laughs> but anyway, so he was so excited that he. Uh, Went to like Jack in the Box or something the other day on his lunch break and backed through. Nice. (laughs) That's legit. That's amazing. So, of all of the things that we see and see regularly, what's like the a piece of advice or like one piece of advice that you'd give to somebody that's coming in for a damn tuning appointment? I'll go first. (laughs) Taylor's like, I got this. Um, Go buy a Porsche. <laughs> no. I mean, you could definitely do that. <laughs> but, like, you know, if you have a tuner car and you're interested in making more power and you know you're going to need a dyno tuning session, that, you know, I would, you know, shop around, talk to a couple different shops and see if they're which one's most comfortable on your platform and then consult with them and ask them, you know, hey, what are we looking at for, you know, these power gains and take the recommendation of the tuner because the tuner is going to be able to do a much better job and the job will be easier to do when the recommended components are used. And more than likely, they're really good quality components that are going to last a really long time and, you know, not have to worry about failures. I gotta add something to that, because that was excellent. But one thing I've always noticed is nobody actually knows what they want, besides, <laughs> oh, I want lots of horsepower. Yeah. And so it's like, every time I've helped people with car projects, I'm like, what do you actually want? Yeah. Do you want to autocross style drive this? Do you want a straight line drive this? What are you doing? So, I think actually figuring that out before you start buying random stuff is going to be, and communicating with your tuner and everybody, that's really one of the things. Yeah, I think it it goes, those are two separate conversations. What do you bring, what should you do before you you prep to have your car tuned, Mm -hmm. and what should you do if you're planning to build your car? I think Mm -hmm. they're two very different conversations. A lot of the customers that we have coming through our shop are bringing cars that they've recently purchased within the last year because they wanted to get into the tuning scene and they've started modifying their car uh, and they haven't necessarily done the research when they start. So they bring us the cars that are, they don't know everything about it. They don't know the maintenance history. They don't know this, that, or the other. The mods that the, are already on The it. mods that are already on it. What should work together? What should be replaced? And that type of thing. So I think... Or what injectors are in it? Yeah. So I think... One thing, if you ever purchase a used car, you should have a pre-tune inspection done on the car by a reputable shop that understands the year, make, and model of vehicle that you are purchasing and the type of the vehicle. If it has uh, any performance modifications, don't take it to a dealership ever. 
As soon as it has a single performance modification on the car, it should never be at a dealership for the rest of its life. Mm -hmm. For any reason. Because they're going to point to that modification being the reason that anything ever goes wrong. Um, and they're not going to know how to handle anything. One thing I'd like to add to that since you mentioned dealership and when I think dealership, I, I think the maintenance mm -hmm. intervals that when you modify your car and you're putting more stress on your engine and mm -hmm. brakes and other things, that the maintenance intervals are going to be more frequent than they were previously. Mm -hmm. That you should plan on, you know, doing oil changes more often, brake fluid changes more often. You know, you're driving faster, which means you have to slow down quicker and harder. So, you know, your brakes are going to be wearing out mm -hmm. faster. So, yeah. uh, you know, the maintenance intervals and, you know, repair intervals are, you know, going to be more frequent. Yeah. Especially with oil changes. Yeah. It's like uh, we installed all those customer supplied parts on a 2020 STI earlier this week. And at checkout, I said... Your car needs oil changes every 3,000 miles, never going over, if you're running ethanol 2,500. Yep. And if you go over, your car is going to blow up. Absolutely. So, um, I, think, I think asking questions is the biggest thing that people can do. Uh, it's cool that you just got a new car, it's cool that you want to start modifying your car, but you gotta ask questions, you gotta be realistic about your expectations for the vehicle and what they are. Saying something about Hondas being legit now? Yeah, most of them are. Like, there's been like, a, dude, there's a all change. The, all the bad ones died. Right. Well, no. If there's an EK still rolling around, it's because I, it's legit. It just sounded like a uh, Honda rolling by. <laughs> yeah. It sounded awful. Oh, it probably was. Yeah. <laughs> no, you guys are right on. The, the the conversations are key. It's you know, not only in terms of building, it's goal-based. Like, what is your damn goal? Give us a damn goal, because otherwise you're just throwing parts at something, and then you're going to rebuy something again, or you're going to buy something twice, yeah. or three times. Buying random stuff and yeah. expecting it to go together and actually make a damn difference. Exactly. And when it's time for your appointment, get your damn car together. And if you're not sure if it's together... Mm -hmm. Engage the damn professionals. It's like, yeah, not everybody has a smoke machine. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and that's cool. We don't expect everybody to have a smoke machine, but don't tell us it's ready to go if you're not sure. That's the biggest time waster for us and for them. Mm -hmm. It's waste so much time and money for people because they think they're ready and they're really not. Yeah, especially yeah. if it makes it to the dyno. That's the worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you get on the dyno and there's a problem, then it has to come off and then go back on. Because you know, it's got uncontrolled boost. Right, yeah. The, the Miata, like somebody's turbo kit, somebody's turbo, and it's all slapped on there, and that's cool, but, you know, when you hit 5,000 RPM and you have uncontrollable boost creep, it's like, cool, now it has to come off, and, yeah. and things have to change. And it's, it's a time suck for everybody, and it's a money suck for them, and I just hate that part. It's just, yeah. it's unfortunate, but it has to be. Indeed. I think the, the last point that I would make is that the internet is good for research. It is not good for making a build plan. That should be a conversation had with whoever's tuning your vehicle. Yep. Like, it's, it's cool what other people have put on their cars, um, and 
what their experiences are, and that that all matters because um, you know reputation is what drives our shop and our our business. Um, but at the end of the day, you should be buying parts based on your goals that you have for the car and what your tuner recommends. Exactly. Yeah. If somebody was gonna say, hey, you know, what's the nicest thing you can say, or mm-hmm. what's the best reason to to go to a shop or mm-hmm. our shop is you know not just knowledge but helping build that plan the you know, like you said internet's great for research mm-hmm. but if you don't have a strong bs detector or a solid understanding of fundamentals and how things actually work and i'm talking mm-hmm. down to just how an engine works mm-hmm. you're not going to understand a lot of these things and that's okay i don't understand how to do heart surgery but we can build engines so it's you know, you have to balance that out. Yeah. Accept the things that you're not a professional in and engage a professional. When people say, uh, like, what coilover should I get? Most people that comment that are the, they've only had one set of coilovers and they're going to say they're coilovers that work for them. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, like they bought, you know, like, oh, they've got an S chassis and the, the first set of coilovers they ever bought was like BCs and they're like the best thing ever. Yeah. Like there's nothing better than a BC and, and then they've, the same people have never, yeah. ever, ho- ever heard of you know, Owens or well, not just that, but like real motorsports oh, suspension yeah. systems that are, you know, like and that's that conversation. What are you doing? Like, yeah. are, are you, are you needing BCs because you're just stancing it out or Racelands or are we talking, like Taylor says, you know, Motons or ASTs? Like, there's options or. Bilsteins or Olins, there's so many ways to go. I mean, everybody in this room has had coils, and we all have different stuff. Mm-hmm. And we use them for different purposes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a perfect example. Exactly. Like, a lot of the time, I feel like that most of the people that want coilovers just want their car to be lower. Yeah. But really, they don't desire the effect of the coil over making it stiffer like if you know there are coil overs out there that offer you the ability to lower your car and maintain somewhat of a decent ride quality mm-hmm. digressive setup mm-hmm. that i think you know hks actually has a specific coil over kit for that mm-hmm. but yeah I, I feel like the people that are just throwing kits on to lower their car are making a huge mistake you know, when I, I don't think they're really looking for a stiffer ride necessarily, but yeah, they just want it to look cool. Well, and then you end up in that false attribution that your stiff ride that makes the car bounce and unsettled is better for performance. You know, when mm-hmm. you've actually just destroyed the handling of the car because your coils are so stiff and the car bounces. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you've ruined the ability of the suspension to do its job, but because you did an upgrade it feels like a upgrade yeah and it's because it's, it's not. different you know yeah yeah it's you know i made the porsche ride better than stock with improved handling why because yeah it had expensive coilovers on it but they did the job yeah yeah and don't even get me started on uh, suspension geometry if you're slamming your car or something yeah <laughs> We could do Perfect. a whole episode. Of that. <laughs> it looks good. It looks good. Yeah. yeah, it'll slide everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Bump steer. What's bump steer? <laughs> Don't worry about that. 
Why do I need to do tires every two years? Two years? Dang. <laughs> I was going to say a month. <laughs> we should probably end because we're going to